may have ignited the title fight but Sutton continues to simmer away and Turkson goes all to pot. This is the Brands Hatch Review. Welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast um, and we are back to review a quite, quite a boisterous Brands Hatch weekend, don't you think? It was very good, wasn't it? Yes. It, it was certainly changing, changing conditions. Yep. It certainly made Snetterton look the boar fest it was in comparison. Yeah, um, pretty chilly when we got there, wasn't it? Sunday morning, a uh, little bit of rain in the air. And we thought, oh, this could this could make things quite interesting. And certainly for the F4 and the Porsche race, it was. And then it yep, dried up. It dried up very quickly <laughs> for the touring car race. Um, although to be fair, you say it was chilly. Yet every time I expressed I was cold, you called, you told me to. You know, man up, and it wasn't that cold, etc. Oh, yeah, et but, I, yeah so. but I'm a postman. I, I go out in all weathers, in mm. shorts. So, yeah, I, I'll accept it was a little chilly, um, and we we probably saw that with how some of the BMWs performed in the cold conditions. But before that, we made the telly. I know. Y- your weeping and your man bun made yeah, made yeah. the tellies. We huddled behind the umbrella. I, I think it was just the umbrella that that meant that we got on telly because he said something about shielding from the weather. Yes, yeah. yeah so um, I, I've mocked you for taking that umbrella to events, but yeah. hey, it, it gave us <laughs> five seconds of fame. So full close up, and we had a media person come round and uh, and ask for a picture as well. Didn't it? Yeah, so I have to keep an eye out for us punching the air in joy. Yeah. But it was good to be back, was it? Brands. I, I yeah. thought. I don't know. It felt more normal than Snetterton I felt it was slightly better it felt like there were more people there I wonder if that's because it's a smaller circuit yeah yeah. Uh, it felt better organised it was nice to have the trade stands back oh, I, yeah. I don't know it just felt a bit more like a proper event and rather it, than Snetterton as, as we were walking in what we walked in behind Tom Chilton I saw Rory Butcher while you'd popped off the loo and you saw Turkington I didn't did. you yep I did he wasn't looking happy was he that was at the start of the day he was looking alright he looked focused I'd say at the start of the day um he had Mrs. Turkington alongside him, uh, looking focused, uh, all branded out in BMW uh, attire from yeah. head to toe, including a very nice bag that they had. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as you say, it was, I, was, I was interested to see the drivers in among the people, because uh, you know, the whole point is the paddock is separate and they protect themselves from illness, etc. So I was quite surprised to see yeah, so was I. the drivers in and among that area. Because yeah. um, normally you, they might come through on a golf cart or something, mm. but all three of them are walking. But well, I, th- I think that's just because of the, where the RVs and the motorhomes were. Because um, obviously having such a small such a small paddock, really, for the inside of the track where all the touring car guys stay, you can't really keep away when you need to go back to your... Back to your motorhome, can you? No, I was surprised Colin didn't have a little Uber from his uh, RV to the uh, <laughs> to trackside, but there we go. Yeah, um, he, he wasn't looking too pleased with um, his day from Saturday, was he? In qualifying. No, and we'll get to qualifying now. Qualifying report. Well, as we entered the third qualifying session of the year, um, it was highly anticipated. The Hondas looked like they were on top form, as you had predicted. Well done. Um, but also, Shedden was up there, um, taking the fastest time in FP2, I believe. Yeah, the, the Hondas looked um, consistently quick throughout the sessions. Um, as I said, I expect them to go well here, and they did. Both uh, Shedden, Robottom, and Cook all looking fairly decent throughout the uh, three practices. Yep. So as the session got underway, of course, the rear-wheel drive cars would offer the early times, um, although nowhere close to the pace to they expected. I think they were they were taking what three, four laps to try and get the tyres into a window. I think Sutton did five yeah. flying laps um, before he even be, you know, thought about trying to set up. A, a, you know, that, that's the problem with such a short track, isn't it? Tyre warm-up is going to take a little bit longer. What it's a third just over a third of the distance of Snetterton. And there's no really long, fast corners to really heat no. them up at either. You know, no. there's not there's not many braking zones either. They say the lap's done before you know it. So yeah, you're right, getting them. I, I'm slightly surprised I didn't go for the, this weekend, what the front-wheel drive car's doing, going across. Yeah. Be, just because of the, I know they don't normally need to, but just because of the nature of the circuit, yeah. I'm slightly surprised I didn't try that. Um, or if they did, it wasn't very obvious. Well, as you say, front-wheel drive 
drive cars would always pretty much come in across their tyres after the opening lap. Um, and it was Ollie Jackson that would set the first front wheel drive car time, um, going top of the session, quickly followed by Hill in the other MB Motorsport Focus to two cars which I thought would be quite quick here. Yeah, you did. Um, Ingram would then be the next driver to climb up to the top of the times, closely followed by Turkington and Cook. So drivers that we would expect to be up there in the early stages, setting reasonable times. Yeah, Turkington, that was probably the best it got through the whole weekend, <laughs> really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, there were a handful of drivers, of course, to lose their lap times due to track limits. Obviously, with this being an MSB track, there are pressure pads. Um, I'm pretty sure at the bottom of Graham Hill is where most of these were done. Um, so, Glingetti was the first one, followed by Nick Hamilton. Um, obviously, they're just trying to push the limits of the car, and sometimes you run wide. Um those drivers looking to set the fastest times would be looking to possibly break the 48 second barrier, although I didn't, don't think it quite happened this weekend. Um, maybe in hotter hotter climates it might have done. Yeah, but it, wasn't, it was a nice, it was a nice um, condition for qualifying. Though. It was bright, it was yeah. relatively warm. I just think that these cars are perhaps just not as quick as they were a few years ago with the various rule changes we've seen, etc. I just don't think they're as quick as they were. Because the... Uh, the, the the lap record isn't set. Set twenty fifteen. Yeah, either twenty fifteen or twenty eleven. Um, Tom Oliphant was the next driver to go quickly, followed by the informed Rowbottom. Uh, and with twenty twenty minutes left to go in the session, the time seemed to tail off, and no one seemed to be really improving. It seemed like once you got the tyres warm, you get maybe two, three laps at most, um, and then they really tailed off. Uh, twenty sixteen, Tom Ingram. Uh, for qualifying, yeah, and we but going back to your other point, we've seen that quite a few times through uh, this season in the touring cars, but also in Formula One. That the longer the session seems to go on, normally you'd expect the track to wear in, the yeah. the, t- the times get quicker and quicker and quick quicker. But we've seen quite often in uh, F1 as well that the first run is enough, and we're seeing here as well that it just seems to be an optimum period for setting that lap, and it's not traditionally as it has been in the past, uh, towards the end of the laps. Yep, yep, totally agree. Uh, drivers who were looking for major improvements, though, included Morgan down in 20th, Chilton in 23rd, Butcher labouring down in 12th, and Turkington in 14th. Um, so as the cars sort of like filtered back out onto the track from having the new set of tyres put on, it seemed to have clouded over a little, and I think that just slightly cooled the temperatures on track and in the air, and the cars they didn't really seem to find the times that they were beforehand. No, I was expecting Turkton's name to shoot up the uh, order at some point. It just, yeah, it just never really came. You say the perhaps the slight change in air pressure and temperature made a difference, but it was marginal. Although one of those drivers to improve was Aidan Moffat, boosting himself to fourth with only 11 minutes of the session left. Shedden then also set the timing screens alight with a purple sector one, although he struggled to finish off the lap and only finished third. I think he had a yellow sector two. Of course, there's only two sectors at yes. Brands. Um, Morgan, followed by Jackson, were the next drivers to lose their fastest lap times due to track limits, something that really wasn't helping Morgan out being so far down the grid. Um, and in between times, Ingram had an excursion at Paddock Hill, <laughs> which was um, exciting, shall we say. On the limit, as always, for Tom. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we did drag some gravel back onto the track, which obviously is not the ideal ideal conditions for everyone else. Uh, Sam Osborne was also an in, a driver to improve in the second half of the session, putting him ahead of Butcher and Plato onto 14th on the grid. Further down the grid, though, Jack Goff would improve on two consecutive laps to rise up the grid to 11th, which I think might be his best qualifying of the season. Oh, well, you can't you can't chuck that at me now. I don't know the answer to that. You, <laughs> you can't just lob that at me. Uh, and with only six minutes remaining in the session, all drivers were looking to find those valuable tenths to improve their position for Sunday. And the most notable of those drivers was Dan Robon, who would go to the top of the times, quickly followed by his Team Dynamics teammate, Gordon Shedden, who was five thousandths of a second slower. Yeah, from memory, he did. Uh, Robon did the fastest sector one, and Shedden did the fastest sector two, or. Uh, vice versa, yep. which is interesting that both those two set the uh, the best one way or another. Um, and with very few drivers improving in the final stages, uh, it was certainly a session to forget for Sicily car gods, um, who were floundering really down in 21st and eventually 24th for Chilton. 
That was Goff's best of the season, by the way. Hey, I'm good. I mean, um, you had a one in the three chance of being right. Yeah. Um, so the top ten would finish as Robottom on first, followed by Shedden. Hill was up there in third, followed by Oliphant, Moffat, Ingram, Sutton up there with weight on board, must point out. Um, along with Smiley, who who went pretty much under the radar for qualifying and, and was really, Kent. really solid. Um, and followed by Cook and Jelly. It was uh, an interesting session. Some of the big hitters further down the grid and um, made for an interesting race one, didn't it? Yeah, though I always like to shake things up, as you know. Because Brands at Indy is so small, I'd like to see them run an F1 style quality here. I, I agree yeah. you probably can't do it for the rest of the week, the uh, rest of the uh, tracks on the circuit because of the length of it. They've got to get the support races in. But I'd love to see three 10 minute qualifying sessions here Q1, Q2, Q3. Hang on, weren't you saying that 10 minute sessions were too short last time? Yeah, for Snetterton they were because okay. Snetterton's a three mile circuit. <laughs> by the time you've even, yeah, by the time you've done the final lap, you've only got one chance left. I mean, you know, in 10 minutes here, you can do five laps easy. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to see a, an F1 style quality for brands indeed. But. I wonder if they have tyre limits on that. That's that's the only thing that I would I would question it against is how many tyres they get for the weekend and whether they'll be able to budget that in really because it's down to cost. Talking of tyres, it's probably prudent to point out at this moment that there was no option tyre for this weekend. Nope. Um, unlike Saturday the week before, so it was the same compound tyre for all three races. And those three races we'll get to now. Race one. So for race one, this was the only race where tyre choice was possibly a discussion before going out, although not really. It had rained for the F4s, which produced a stunning race. Excellent on race, wasn't it? People on different tyre strategies. There was a moment where the wets were in, then the slicks were in, then the wets were in again. It was yeah. a, a really good race. The Porsches produced some good action with King and Camish. And do you know what? Are they, have you watched the Porsches? Yeah. I've never heard Harvey so scathing before. I know. Uh, that really shook me because he's normally quite partisan and quite, you know. I I, th- I think he was right though. I, so he some was. Of, some of the moves that King pulled this weekend were touring car moves, not Porsche moves. No, really. proper touring car push to pass moves. And banger racing as yeah. well on the outside. Yeah. Uh, of Druids, but anyway, that's for the Porsche uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carrera Cup podcast, not for this one. Um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, by the time the cars were ready to go to the grid, it was effectively dry. Was it? There might yeah, be a few damp spots on the circuit, but it was a dry. Um, obviously Robottom would have been looking to make a good start he spoke to Neil before the race and asked him for some advice Neil said to treat it like a road car and just launch it mm. which Robottom had then cited as perhaps the worst advice he's ever received because <laughs> <laughs> in, in good jest because he just went backwards off the start didn't he yeah I don't know whether he got too much wheel spin or just bogged down but it was notable to see how far he'd gone back by the time he came round to us because we were at Paddock Hill for this one um, and it was notable to see how far back he was. Um, I think the biggest surprise was that Oliphant had such a lead, considering he started, what, fourth or fifth, and Moffat was right there behind him. Yeah, they they absolutely launched off the line, as you'd expect, with the rear-wheel yeah. drive aspect. Shedden got a little bit bogged down as well, to be fair, not his cleanest of starts. And you say, as you say, Oliphant was... Couple of lengths clear by the first corner. The, the three front wheel drives, obviously the two Hondas, including Hill as well, they just seem to bunch up on the inside of the grid. Yeah. And both Moffat and um, Oliphant went scything around the outside, really. Did you also notice off the start that uh, Sutton angled his uh, Infinity to try and get the launch? So actually, his start wasn't that great by Sutton standards, was it? It was a. No. He didn't really get the launch he was looking for. No. Um, but yeah, so Oliphant led, and from there it was a pretty domineering victory, wasn't it? Probably the best drive I've seen Oliphant produce, I think. The, the gap that he'd managed to pull in the first couple of laps, we thought, oh, this is this is unassailable mm. already. And he did really well to sort of like extend the gap at first and then just manage it on the tyres and, and do enough just to get to the end. Obviously, coming through later in the race, Shedden was the, the main attack. Um, but he never really got close to challenging, did he? No, and I think Robot had enough tyres left in, if he needed to go a bit more attacking or yep. defensive later in the race. I think he, you know, he managed the gap well. Shedden would have used a lot of tyre getting up to be close to him. I think Shedden needed another lap or two to really launch an attack on Oliphant. Um, although judged by some of Shedden's moves, Oliphant can perhaps be 
Klaas are quite lucky that Shen didn't catch him because there was a particularly bad move in my book by Shen on Ingram. So as the race develops, Ingram, Robottom, Sutton, Moffat were all at Cook were all in around each other. Battle pack, Tim yeah. Harvey would say. Yeah, Addison, that's an Addison line. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, little battle pack swapping positions. Sutton was up to third at one point. He was back down to sixth a couple of corners later. Good racing on the whole. Moffat got massively shuffled out at one point. Didn't he? Yeah, he got hung on the outside going yeah. into uh, Paddockill Bend. Yeah. Um, but the Shedden move came at clear ways where. Ingram was lucky not to go all the way around. Held the slide very well. I think um, you labelled this as a classic Matt Neal move at Clearways um, in the preview podcast, and it was a little more than that, wasn't it? I was going to say it's more than what, Matt Neal was clever to just, just rush. Yeah, just to start wedging the door open and let the yeah. drive let the drive do the rest himself. Yeah. Whereas this was Shedden effectively. I mean, kicking the door down. Ingram is so lucky not to get suspension damage as well. Even oh, yeah, to hold yeah. it, but then not to have. Because yeah. we've seen touches on the rear corners of cars break suspensions before. I must admit, the, the cars are getting so much stronger, and it's very rare to see something like that happen nowadays. It is, but I remember the era where you tapped the back yep. of the car and the suspension just, yeah, and yeah. The suspension just caved in on itself, you know? Yeah. But it wasn't a clever move by Shedden, I have to say. And he was reprimanded after the race for it. Um, it was a sign of things to come for him, but it meant he got through the pack and was able to start chasing down Oliphant. Yeah. Uh, Rogue Bottom would recover up to third. There's some nice moves in there as well on the drives in and around him. A particularly good pass on Ingram. Yeah, I think he dropped down to about sixth or seventh, hadn't he, in those early stages, and then he really showed that there's a racer in there mm. and, and that he has the ability to be able to drive with the best on the grid. Yeah, obviously his appointment to the team potentially ahead of Camish raised a lot of eyebrows in the off-season. I think it's fair to say our eyebrows are raised as well because yep. on paper, Camish is a better option. However, I think some of the, the, the yeah, pearl clutching that took place was a little bit over the top. But he has shown, I think over these first three weekends, that actually this is not the same driver we had in the Mercedes um, with Cataclean and Sicily before. It's very much, I think, a coming-of-age weekend mm. for Robottom. And, and if he carries on like this for the rest of the season... Be very pleased. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be very happy to have a podium already, yeah. a pole already, a really good start at Thruxton. Okay, Snetterton was a difficult day for anyone in the Honda machinery, we'd see yes. until race three. And he's done very well here to you know, make it'd be very easy having made such a bad start, being on pole, to let your head drop and mm. just you know, see out the race and get back and regroup. But he actually managed to do that in the car and then get himself back onto the podium, which yeah. you know, is good character. Yeah, really good. Um, that there was, uh, there were more instances. Um, one more significantly for Turkington um, had a little to do, shall we say, with Osborne coming through Clearways. Yeah, this wasn't really fully caught on camera, was it? We just saw a recovering Turkington, um, sort of like from a half spin, and he was lucky, really lucky, not to dig into the gravel. Yeah, so Harvey assumed he had spun it on his own, um, yeah. which I can understand why, given the slightly dampish conditions uh, and but his he, poor form yeah. he, he was nowhere in race one his race pace was well off he was fighting at the, struggling to get into the points and was battling with people like Osborne Taylor Smith seemed to be around him all weekend yeah. and he just never seemed to be able to make progress yeah Turkin was about 16-17 from the incident that occurred so it's not like he was in the points and right. lost out big time uh, it just seems that Osborne got into the back of him something he would later do on Jade Edwards as well so it wasn't his Best weekend, Osborne for knowing where to break ground clearways. Yeah. Um, but e- equally, I don't think this you can Turkey can point to this for being the reason he didn't have a good weekend because he wasn't having a good weekend anyway. Well, first of all, we blamed the qualifying result on the weight on board, and then did that again for race one, didn't he? And said he couldn't find the balance all weekend. Yeah, but I'm not having any argument about weight on board when Ingram and Sutton are heavier and no, qualifying no well ahead of you <laughs> and holding their own in the race. I'm yeah. not having that. I'm afraid. Uh, and then the only real other incident in this race was Hamilton and Parfit. Parfit launching a incredibly Dan Dare. Yeah, the, the, absolute Dan Dare move. The, into ve- the very last of the late breakers. Um, so much so he didn't break. He locked up. And I mean, you were a bit harsh on Nick on this. I think when you said that he he shouldn't have turned in, but I don't know where else he could really go. Well, it, it seemed as if. Parfit was obviously fully locked up going into Druids, and from where I saw it live, Nick has turned in before Parfit has slid all the way past, which I think he was going to do it anyway. I just think Nick needs to break a little sharper and then turn in behind him. I think that's harsh. I don't think there's much more he can really do. He's already, 
Nick's already at the apex when he's down the inside. It's such a late move. Yeah. I, I think that's slightly harsh on Nick. I'm not sure what else he can really do. He's got If he doesn't turn, he's in the gravel himself. Unless, yeah. unless he stops the car dead and then stalls it. So. But yeah, it, it was a silly move from Parfit. Yes. It was way over what the car could do and, and probably what both drivers would have expected. He then was a bit poor after that because due to that incident, it meant that he was close to being lapped. And he didn't look at all to get out of the way, did he? He really did hold Oliphant up. Um, yeah, well, it was on that final lap, wasn't it, that yeah. he was um, getting so close to Shedden and Oliphant at the front, and not uh, Shedden had closed in by about a second, um, and was really looking to put a move, or looking for the opportunity to put a move on Oliphant, and, yeah, coming up into through Surtees and into Clearways, he was really slow to get out of the way. Wait, I don't think he did get out of the way, did he? Until they yeah, he he was on well on the outside four clearways, right. um, but yeah, coming through Graham Hill through Surtees, it was like they're catching you and they're catching you quick. Yeah, and he didn't seem to get out of the way as quickly as he possibly could have done. Yeah, which was a, I'd say uh, Oliver did raise that in his post-race uh, interview that it was a bit of a a hairy moment because obviously you want him out of the way so you can complete the concentrate on your own race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And especially if you've got Gorn Shen behind you, so yeah, you know. But in the end, it wasn't a, a difficult uh, problem for Oliphant, who would go across the line to take his first win of the season, his second of his career. Um, and that's what he's got to do. And Turton's struggling. He's got to grab the initiative, and I thought he did really well in this race. Yeah, he certainly has. And um, we're always saying that the teammate needs to needs to pick up when that the team leader pretty much is not having a good day. And we see it in F1 as well. And, um, yeah, he certainly did that. Yep, the other sort of title protagonists, uh, Sutter would finish in fifth with Ingram in sixth, so both of them were sort of in a battle pack with Hill, Smiley, Moffat and Cook, so not particularly exciting, but good points scored. Yeah, very good points scored. Um, Rory Butcher managed to grab a point after having um, technical issues on Saturday, which involved a new alternator and it also took out the power steering pump and stuff like that. So it was fair to say that he was on a recovery drive from qualifying. I think probably the biggest disappointment in race one was probably Ollie Jackson down in twenty third. Yeah, you know he went yeah. so well here last year. Just no idea why, considering no. he was up there in fourth. No, exactly. It was an odd weekend from Jackson. Yeah. Anyway, we shall move on to race two. Race two. Moving on to race two now, uh, the one pretty much slap bang in the middle of the day, and the one with probably the most excitement, which is not really what we expect for a for a touring car weekend, is it? No, normally race three is the silly race, but I think this this is the silly race of the weekend. Instant a plenty, so uh, plenty of hot heads for some reason going into this race, um, and half the incidents probably involve Shedden, don't they? The rest involve Oliver, though not in, to be yeah. fair, not not him overdriving or anything. It's the start of the the start, so as you yeah. expect, Oliver got a good launch off the line, as you'd expect. Oliver got a really good launch, yeah, and pulled another good lead going into turn one from Robottom this time, who went with him. Yep, got a really good start. It was Shedden who had the bad start and started and slipped back into the melee going into Paddock Hill Bend. It certainly was a melee, and for me, it's a racing instant. What happens yes. next with him and Hill? Yeah. Though I apportion more blame to Shedden because Hill's down the inside when Shedden turns across. He's got to turn somewhere, and I agree his outside is slightly blocked because it's the it's the first hill, it's the first um, corner drama at Paddock Hill Bend. So yeah, let's not get too. You're looking at side by side or even three abreast going to Paddock Hill or four. Yeah, you you've got to have your eyes everywhere. Yeah. But it seemed like Shedden doesn't really use his wing mirrors this weekend. No, as I say, for me, Hill. When Hill touches Shedden, he's down the inside. Yeah, he's been down the inside for a, a couple of meters as well in the braking zone. So I think Hill was quite entitled to hold his line, and Shedden kind of turns across him. It is really well held by Shedden. Yes, um, and doesn't disrupt the rest of the pack too much. Yes, he falls a decent way back. I think he fell all the way back to about eleventh, um, and slotted back in. Um, but he was. A little angry, shall we say, after that. Yeah, which then <laughs> fed into the next instant at Paddock Hillbend on the next lap, in which that if you say the first uh, corner, first lap action is a little bit of just the madness that goes yeah. into a first corner, yeah. 
this was madness in the other sense of the word because Jelly is so far down the inside. So Jelly's tried to push him onto the grass. Coming off of clearways, yep. Jelly has got an excellent run, excellent drive off there, as you would expect in a rear-wheel drive BMW. and With no weight on. No. And he has seen this pretty big gap down yeah. the inside at Paddock Hill. And he gets there and he's being forced onto the grass by Shedden in my eyes certainly um, and therefore when he tries to break he's got no ability to do it properly because one you're on damp grass still because it hasn't properly dried up because it's not quite warm enough and then he's also once he comes off of there he's fully locked up on the tarmac and takes both of them off into the gravel trap at turn one he's still on fairly cold tyres at this point as well yes yeah guess it's a rear wheel drive car and um, somehow Shedden crawls his way out of that gravel trap. Yeah. So Jelly will give an interview later on where he was pretty scathing in, in what happened. He he um, states that he set the fastest time down the straight of the weekend at that point. Yeah. Um, and therefore had an incredible run and Shedden should have got out of his way. And I can't. I know you're not a big Jelly fan. No. I, I can't. I can't disagree with him. No. You've you've got to pick and choose your battles. And if you let him go on that lap, you know that you could get him back on the next one. Because there are so many laps left in. It's not like a last lap incident. <laughs> it's early on in the race. But it's, I mean, I don't know what is the matter with Shedden this year. We're just seeing a really super aggressive version of him. Yeah. Which. I know that yeah, you go on the fan groups. He splits opinion because he's not to see. He's not seen in the same category as some of the other drivers on the grid. Is a bit more clean and fair. He's seen more in the Plate O'Neill camp of perhaps an old school touring car driver, the school of yeah. hard knocks kind yeah. of thing. You know, he's not held up in the same light as a, a Hill, or an, Ingram. an Ingram, even an Oliphant, yeah. Turkington. Yeah, you know, they're kind of the more, for one of a better expression, gentleman drivers. You've yeah. got your hardcore. Old-fashioned collards, Plato's, Neils, and this place for both sets on the Griggs. It makes for a very exciting viewing for us. Oh yes, yes, certainly. But for some reason, this year Shedden seems so fired up. So he's so caught up on trying to get the to the front quickly, mm. and I don't know whether that's because of how he sets his car up or whether he doesn't think that he's going to have the pace at the back end of the race. I I don't quite understand it. No, we saw race restlessness at Thruxton. Yeah. We saw him struggle at Snetterton in the way that most of the cars did, and then race three saw, oh yeah, that's what Shenton's all about, a really good recovery drive yeah. to yeah. third. We saw here in the first race, classic Shedden with Ingram, a bit rough, but gets, gets the results. Yeah. And then just this, whether he was just angry because of what happened on the lap before... But you can't afford to be have the red mist descend in the touring cars because you will be punished. Yeah. You know, we've seen that of Sutton in the past. We've seen that um, with Neil in the past. <laughs> we've seen it this weekend of Shedden. Yeah, it's it doesn't leave him in a good light. No, um, certainly not the light of a three-time touring car champion. No, I'd agree. Um, the next major instant. Uh, was Oliphant and Robottom. So Robottom started to close down on Oliphant as the race progressed yeah. and then decided he was going to have a go towards the end of the race uh, outside of Druids and what was looking to be a really good ballsy move from Robottom. He'd properly outbroken him and got almost like like half a car's overlap on the mm. outside. Um, and we'd seen in the previous to Porsche race that King had done something yeah. similar and Hannafin just put him right out on the curbs on the grass creek I think they used there and King ended up spinning off the grass into the wall yeah because it was wet yeah and you kind of got to know when to back out of those because you know the driver on the inside is going to take the racing line in yeah. my eyes what I didn't quite understand here is that Oliphant got penalised after the race or, or got a reprimand, reprimand for, yeah. and it was to do with an unfair advantage gained of Robottom it can only have been this instant yes Robottom wasn't close to him throughout the rest of the race I don't think Oliphant's done anything wrong no he's held his line he's pushed Robottom wide Robottom's not alongside when he starts pushing him wide it, Robottom's gone for a really good move don't get me wrong and but he's, it's the long way around it's the long way around he's up against the car that's going to have to drive off the corner yep to me, it's just racing. You know, Robot was uh, trying to move. Elephant's held his line. Okay, he's forced him wide, but he's entitled to force you wide. He's not. He's not barged him wide. He's not. You know, punched him wide. He just held his line. And yes, I understand that he's lost momentum off the corner, 
but that's what happens when you get pushed wide. You have to back out of it, and you lose momentum. Yeah. And therefore, Ingram then got down the inside of him, going into Graham Hill. And then Sutton would do the same through clearways. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, for me, this is the most nothingy of the incidents we're going to discuss probably on the whole podcast. Uh, yeah. To me, there's nothing in it at all. It's no. it's perfectly fine in my view. I don't I don't see it as a problem from Oliver. Perfectly good racing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really see what the issue was. The next one divided opinion. Um, Ingram would launch a last gasp attempt, attempt to take the lead. Final uh, lap. Final lap. Going on to the final lap into Paddock Hill, first of all. Yeah. Now, it's um, a fairly long way back, but I would say that he's more than half the way up the inside. I'd also say that um, Oliphant's left him a hell of a lot of room on the yes. inside. Yes. So he's not done that for the rest of the laps. So I think Oliphant's not more than sh- did. I think Oliphant's <laughs> starting to struggle on the tyres at this point with the weight as well. And he's left an awful large gap down the inside. And I, to me, Ingram's seen a gap, gone for it because he knew he was quicker. The way he was catching him in the, yep. those last couple of laps, we knew that there was going to be an attack. I think he had what six six laps to try and catch him. We knew that there was going to be one attack, and that was that moment. And going up the inside, maybe Ingram's up on the curb, bounced him a little. But I also think that Oliphant's turned in on him. To me, it's again, it's a nothing. It's a racing incident. I think you know. If you leave that kind of space to a racing driver, you're going to have to expect to move. Yeah. I don't think there's no point where Ingram's close to turning him around or sending him so wide. It's just a it's no, a no. tap. Oliphant catches it well, dab on the brakes and, and brings the car back straight, and they're side by side going up to Druids. Yeah. Um, and it's just he then finishes the move into Druids on the brakes. Um, Oliphant didn't seem to get a very good run out of Druids either, which led on to the um, sort of like next complex of corners and Sutton getting ever so close so quickly. Yeah. And then just inching him over the line. Well, Sutton did something a little bit clever as well, which I don't think the TV um, commentators Is picked that up on. Clearways. No, he's coming onto the pit straight, where, straight he, where, where he nudges the back corner. He dabbles his wheel yes. on the grass. He dabbles the wheel on the grass, which sends him a little bit shaky. Which then means he can just rub Oliphant, just to nudge off a little bit of momentum from Oliphant, and then do him on the line. Which I tell you what, this weekend, the amount of drivers, especially Goff, especially mm. Goff, that managed to get over half a car on the grass coming in or through clearways, yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. But for certain on this particular, how is that not gaining an advantage? Well, on this particular episode, it was just the rear wheel he sort of dipped, yeah, yeah. and then he sort of just just use that to rub off some momentum of Oliphant to take him to the line whether that's fair or not I don't know I think it's fine personally um, the amount of times that Goff did it when we oh, yeah, went yeah. on board with him he was fully over the curve yeah. at clearways yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that defined the race Ingram won from Sutton from Oliphant so just to recap you're happy with the Ingram instant nothing because there's yes. some people saying it should reverse the um, the places and let's give Sutton so. the win no I don't think so either and the Sutton on Oliphant, again, I'm I'm not bothered by that. That's some racing instant for me. Yeah, it's well it is. Um Jake Hill's race was cut prematurely short. He was in the battle pack with Sutton uh running uh, fourth, wasn't he? Yeah. With Sutton um, Ingram, but a puncture. Again yeah. for Ford at Brands Hatch. Now, Tim Harvey alluded to the amount that they've been cutting on the inside of Graham Hill, possibly causing it. Um I'm not so sure. Um, I think there may have been a little maybe cut in the tyre and when he's gone onto the brakes going into, through 30s into clearways the tyres just let go you know what he could have done it on what Shedden bought a hell of a lot of gravel up the yep. druids um, yeah he certainly did because obviously when he went off the second time with Jelly yeah he had so much gravel in the front of his car when he brakes for Druids because we're at Druids at this point the whole lot just fell off the car didn't it it was like (laughs) like hailstones wasn't it yeah and you got hit by a piece of gravel later in the race that was probably one of the things that hit me in the ear in the the later races yeah it wasn't me Um, so (laughs) it's quite possible that Hill in trying to overtake or take a different line at Druids has caught a bit in the tyre and it's stuck in there and slashed the tyre it's possible Um, I did say it went down that's something to watch out for particularly breaking into Druids it's possible yep but it's odd that it's only his car. It's odd that it's the Ford again at Brands Hatch. And and it was there were several laps between Shedding coming back on and that then happening. Yeah, that's the second race weekend the road had punctures as well. Ollie Jackson had one at yep. possibly had one at Snetterton. Proctor definitely had one at Snetterton. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. Is there 
Do we start asking questions of the tyres or the setup? So we have to go to minimum PSIs and what I, have you? Or I don't think so. Um, I think obviously with the touring cars, you get a fair amount of debris uh, deposited on the track throughout races, um, and sometimes you can just be unlucky. I wouldn't disagree. Uh, the only other point from race two really is that Turkton, with now no weight on board, <laughs> uh, still couldn't progress. Um, yeah. You know, this was supposed to be the race where he salvaged his weekend, and no, started 20th because he got um, Osborne and him got reversed following the incident in race one. He made up a full three places to get 17th and finished behind Aaron Taylor Smith yeah. and Ollie Jackson. Ollie it, Jackson made more progress than him. Yeah. Chilton Morgan managed to get into the points from. A position that we thought they were no hopers this weekend. It's also probably worth pointing out that two of those um, advantages of Turton came from Johnny's retirement and Jake Hill's um, pitting for a, a new tyre. And Geddy not finishing. So the three places made up were three people that retired. Uh, yes, that would be correct. <laughs> so yeah, and also in the, in that you've got Shedden having fallen through the field. Yeah. So not yeah, a great. It's, it's really not great from this weekend. I think the other thing was that just watching him in race two, he was just he just wasn't even close to making an overtake, was he? It's not like he was being frustrated by some really good defensive driving. He was he was just he was nowhere near. No, you know, Drew is a good passing place of Brands. That, that I mean, he's he's finished finished two seconds behind Taylor Smith, who was in fifteenth. I think what's really also interesting is that. From Druids, you can see Panzer Kill, you can see Graham Hill, you can see obviously the inside of Druids. At no point was he trying a different line, at no point was he trying anything different. You could see he had no confidence in the car whatsoever. Yeah. You know, We've seen other drivers, haven't we, where it's not going your way, or certainly they'll try a, a strange line through a corner to see if that makes any difference to the setup, the running, or can find time. He just didn't have any confidence to go off the racing line and to, to try anything, it would seem. Uh, a couple of probably standout drivers, or drivers that have certainly had quiet but good progress this weekend were Josh Cook in 5th who mm-hmm. took fastest lap in the race yep. uh, Dan Lloyd up in 6th along with Plato in 8th and also Chris Smiley up in 7th in the other Hyundai that you think is not very good Well, look, 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 <laughs> now's, now's the time isn't it to present me with the pie because <laughs> what with Tom, Tom Ingram winning second race of the season yeah. ending the weekend 2-3 points behind Sutton Three. at the top and both of them having nearly a 30-point gap over Cook in third. And Butcher being absolutely nowhere in the Toyota. The yes. Toyota being nowhere in the... The Gazoo Racing Team being nowhere in any of yes. the championships. Yeah. Look, serve me some custard, because I was wrong. <laughs> All right. I, let's just get this right before we go on to race three. I was not the only person to have eyebrows shoot into their fringe when Ingram left Speedworks Toyota to go to Hyundai. No, no. You weren't quite as surprised, but you were still surprised, it's worth saying. You were still surprised. Yeah, not, not I was still surprised that he'd swapped teams, considering the history that he'd had with Speedworks and the, the, the relationship and the development that they'd built up. But he'd obviously seen, over those two seasons, that there wasn't going to be enough progression and the fact, I think, that they were bringing in a new car and obviously the, the financials behind the scenes weren't going to add up for him. So he had to look for a new team. Agreed, but I cannot believe that at the time he, well, this what I struggled at the time to think that his best option was going to go to a Hyundai, which had looked okay. It had look, he's doing things with this car that were they weren't getting close to last year. Yeah, I, I know they both got a podium finish last year. They're both fairly early on. They never built on it. They never looked this good. At the, they, but, look, they look this fast. But it's always it's always about seeing the progress of the team. Now, when the team came in, obviously, they, they got the MGs and they had some okay results. They had some big crashes as well. And they were brave enough to go, right, let's get a brand new car into the series. Mm-hmm. And then they took that car for two years, gradually built on it, and then they've built and then they bought Tom in. No, they had it for one year. Sorry, one year. Then there was progress throughout that year. Though. No, there was progress. And but for a brand new car coming into the series with a team that's only been in for a previous season, they've done really well. Massively. And the amount of stuff that they've got in other formula for Accelerate yep. is brilliant. Yep, I completely agree. But I will eat I will, I will eat my pie. If you told me that three rounds in, England would have had two race wins and be three points off the top of the championship, I'd have laughed. So, yeah. you know. However, while you sit there very smugly... He is. Surely you didn't see this coming either. 
Yeah, I think not, not this you, early on. You thought this would be a development season for Tom. He'd get a win or two here or there, and it'd be all about learning the car, picking up points, and just seeing you. There's no way you thought they'd be this close to the front of the championship. No, but I also didn't see Turkinson struggling this much. No, that, it was also true. And Butcher. So yeah. the, there is always going to be things that get thrown up and, and surprises put in, and he just happens to be one of them. I think that's the that's the um, acid test, isn't it? That he is so far ahead of Butcher. Yeah. So uh, in every conceivable way. Yeah. Um, and they've just really not made that Corolla work for him this season. Speed work so far. They've had a couple of good results, but they've not looked. They're not looked anywhere close. I think it's time to accept that Ingram is. Well, not that I'm not accepted, but I think it's time for everyone to accept that Ingram is an elite level driver. Yep. And doesn't really matter what machinery you give him, he's going to wring every single inch out of it. Just like Sutton does. Just like Sutton does. I'd be fascinated seeing Grimm in Infinity or Sutton in a I was going to say, fascinating equal cars. Both I'd be of them fascinated. in the same car. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not sure Sutton would get on as well in a front wheel drive car, but. I'm not sure Ingram would get as well, on as well in a real drive car, but. So. But put it this way, I said at the start of the season it's going to be a two horse race. I got one of the horses correct. Yeah. I, I think we're down to I think we are in a two horse race. Yeah. We'll get to race three in a moment once we stop this little rant, but. One of those horses, not Turkerton. I think it is now between Ingram and Sutton. Yeah, so already we're only three rounds in, but I can't, gen- I cannot see another winner. No, uh, e- even if Turkington has a stellar weekend where he takes home sixty points, like he has done last season at Snetterton, I just, I don't see that consistency coming from him, and then that inconsistency coming from the others. I don't see Sutton having as bad a weekend as. It- somewhere in the season as Turkson has had this one no no anyway we'll get on to race three uh, and we'll sum up that final race and, and get to our grades and everything else race two well Ingram would pull ball number 12 out of the grid uh, Colin had asked for that ball number 17 be put in but uh, to no avail uh, joking uh, so yeah that was the Fullest reversal we've seen this season and the biggest that you can have on a touring yep. car weekend. So 12 cars reversed, which put Adam Morgan on pole. Which was looking very good for your prediction, wasn't it? Well, my prediction of a Team Hard podium and a Morgan win was pretty, pretty good at that stage, wasn't it? Yeah, Goff would be starting second on the grid, yep. um, followed by Proctor, um, Moffat. Moffat and Plato. Yeah, at the start of the race, we looked to pick out a winner. I went for Plato um, yeah, we, at the start we, of the race. we watched this one from the side of the pit straight, um, mm. and it was notable how bad a start Proctor had got after I'd picked him for the race win. Yeah, I'm not sure he's even started, he started the race yet. I was going to he... say, his, his reaction times were appalling. Yeah, well, he's still getting used to the new car, you know. Yeah, I know, but even Plato reacted quicker, and he's like nearly 70 probably. Do you know what? I hope he finds you next time at a track and dumps you <laughs> off. No, you know, leave JP alone. Um, but yeah, it was, as you'd expect, Morgan who got the best start off the line with Moffat who sort of steamed through into second place. Yep. Um, real drive cars working second well. Second time he's done that this weekend. Yeah, but we might as well get into it now. Let's put one of the points. Moffat's race pace is really concerning me. Yeah. He, he starts the race so strongly. Yeah. We saw it in race one. And okay, race one is a little bit unlucky because he gets shuffled out. He gets hung up to dry on the outside of Paddock Hill Bend and about 90,000 cars come down <laughs> the inside of him because you, he's in the wrong place. But, you know, he is he going to get a better chance all year for a win? And Did he put Morgan under any pressure? The answer is yes y- and no for me. Yes. Um, we've still got to go to Knock Hill. So he'll probably get a better chance for a win. Um, did he put Morgan under enough pressure? No, I don't think he came close to him. I think Morgan was fairly comfortable out mm. front. Pulled a little, what, second, second and a half gap and just managed the tyres. But again, Moffat should have been after him because it, um, Morgan was locking up corner after corner in the opening couple of laps. Did, re- you, did you hear his reasoning? Go on. So they'd put, oh, put, new brakes they'd on, put they? brand new brakes in for yeah. that one. Um, and that was the race where it sort of like started to spit, um, spit with rain. And um, they were a little snappy, I think he called them. Yeah, but if you're the drive behind... He hadn't even realised that he'd locked up in Paddock Hill. No. Until his engineer had told him. No, no. But, well, because on the commentary, um, Addison suggested he had locked up, and Harvey said, no, 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 he's gone over the... Uh, that's a Graham Hill, sorry. Mm-hmm. Harvey suggested he'd gone over the um, salt, the, yeah. the, the... What have they put down for the fluid dust, that Jeanette has dropped? The, the dust, yeah. that's the one, yeah. 
Um, if you're in the car behind and you're seeing that, you've got to be putting more pressure on for me. Yeah, I, we haven't seen Aiden properly race people before, I don't think. Certainly not in this car. Yes, he's taken wins before in the Mercedes. Is he a good enough racer? Certainly not up to the level of Sutton. Um, no one is. I, I don't think... I don't think he's in the top ten racers in the grid. Wow. Honestly. Wow. Okay. Goff in this race showed to be a better racer. You say Morgan, we've seen to be a better racer. Okay. Well, what I would say is, in, in, to offer the defence to Moffat, is that he put it in the mixer with Plato all weekend and held his own pretty well with bashing. Okay, perhaps a little bit too aggressive bashing Plato out on Graham Hill Ben, but held his own in the pack. He has taken a podium in this race as well. Yes. Yeah. Is he just. in the top ten? Right. Oh, I think that's. I think he is just about in the top ten. Really? I'm not saying he's. Well, okay. 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 Well, let's do it now then. Okay. Your top ten. Sutton, Ingram. Yep. Wouldn't disagree. Um, Turkington. Yep. This weekend doesn't. Yeah. Form is ten. Free classes permanent. Shedden. No. Sorry. Uh, uh, discounting this weekend where he has been pushy. Yes. His race at Snetterton to come through from the back of the grid. His race at Thruxton to come through from the back of the grid. He's a three-time touring car champion. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, I'd argue that Jake Hill is a better racer. Has become a better racer, certainly. I think they're on a par. Really? I think they're on a par. Goff and Morgan, I said, are better. Cook. Plato. You slay Plato every week. He's a good racer, though. He knows how to s- stick it with any of them. Well, you... he, he may be losing some speed in his older years, but he's still a good racer. Okay, so he's a touring car champion. That puts me up to nine. So your last one, because I think you missed out a couple of big names here. Go on, then. I'd have Oliver in the top ten. I think he's really, really come on. Needs to work on his defensive driving, but yes. Yeah, but he doesn't get involved in anything silly either. But yeah. yeah, I think Oliver's a top driver. He's not got Butcher in that list. Exactly, which push, pushes Moffat out of the top ten. But you don't, you don't have more. You don't have Butcher in your top ten. Butcher, I'd forgotten about, but right. he could go in there. So he's certainly better than Moffat. I think you're being harsh. I don't think he's in the top ten races on the grid. He'd be in my top ten. Okay. I wouldn't have. Do you know what? I wouldn't necessarily have Cook in there. No. Great pace. Is he a great overtaker? I'm not sure that he is. He's a great pace, mm-hmm. and he's consistent and he scores points is he a great can you remember the last great cook overtake uh, Croft last year oh, brilliant so we're going back over a year well not really it's, it's how many rounds ago five rounds ago but you can think of a better overtake for most drivers in that list sooner no, name me a, a good overtake for Moffat ever There has been one, but yeah, I can't okay, not, okay. Go I on can't, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, we could perhaps, perhaps this is perhaps this is for another podcast okay. actually because we're we'll, already we'll do a top ten of um, races in the current touring car grid. Then, yeah, okay. Stay tuned for that because yeah. we're already getting to yeah. the, quite late into this podcast. But okay, we'll park that. <laughs> I, I think Moffat's done really well this weekend to get the third. His race pace concerns me. I, I said that from race one onwards throughout the whole weekend that. He starts well and it just seems to all fade away. And that happens here because Goff managed to take second from him. I will say of Goff this weekend that whilst we, we've got to be trying to be consistent. We've, he was pushy. We've laid into Shedden a fair bit. Yeah, he was pushy Goff this was weekend. just as bad. Yeah, yeah I, I said you know. it earlier. With the amount of moves that we saw him trying to put on through clearways and the amount of times he's nudging up the inside mm. of someone, he's been in the championship a long while. And he's been driving with those drivers that would do that, as in Neil and Pato. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was, was, was an overtake where Harvey suggested he should probably give the place back because it would be deemed as a push to pass. I can't remember what race that was in or who it was on. But, yeah, yeah a little bit pushy from Goff. Um, although, to be fair to Goff, once he did get past Moffat, he put more pressure on Morgan. but Certainly quicker. The gap was never really coming down to anything significant, no. was it? No, certainly not. Uh, the only other thing to really annoy me in this race was... Um, Shevin's complete lack of progress and a bonkers push on Jackson. So Ridiculous. Jackson's bonnet is up, he's making his way back to the pit and Shevin's barging, pushing, niggling him all the way through clearways and then when he's trying to pull over to get into the pits he's still niggling and on his back. It was just 
Yeah. Unnecessary is the word very, I'd use. Very unnecessary. The, I don't know whether he hasn't been able to see it. I think it's pretty obvious when there's a bonnet up on someone's car. They've got engineers are in the air saying he's yeah, bitten exactly. the snap, aren't they? You know. And the the pushed what must be three or four times coming through clearways. Yeah. He's nudging at the rear three quarter. Um, it's quite obvious that Jackson's going to come in. Unfortunately, Jackson didn't get back out after that. We saw them trying to gaffer tape the bonnet down, but it just it didn't. It had bent itself out of shape when it flew up. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing I think was Hamilton got a black and orange flag that's always fun to see a black and orange flag we always like that don't <laughs> we turned we? up one lap across the start finish line with half the front corner missing and we couldn't work out why could we no no um, and the other thing from this race really is that Plato nearly took Moffat on the line I think he's ahead I think he's ahead as we well. said it at the and time and he's put a picture up on, Insta- uh, on Twitter sorry to uh, suggest that he's ahead as well. well we and said, we were pretty much on the start finish line. Yeah, to me I said as soon as it happened I said Plato's got him. Yeah. And so the picture and also turn, looks like it's got him. I turned around, checked TSL and Moffat had had him by what was it? Two thousandths was it? Thirty eight or twelve twelve thousandths. Twelve thousandths. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's questionable one. I don't know whether that's because of where the beam is or whether it's to do with the transponders in the car. But you'd think that would all be equal, wouldn't you? It, it surely can't be where the transponder is in the car. No. It's got to be where they break the beam. And it's possible that the beam is slightly before the start-finish line. We see that in a couple of rounds that the start-finish line yeah. is in a different... Sorry, the finish line is a different place to the starting line. Yeah. Um, but, I'd be, I mean, we need VAR, I think, with the lines, don't we? Because, <laughs> because to me, Plato's ahead. Yeah. But, I mean, look, that, that, a pic, you can get pic, angles on pictures... You, you look out snooker, you, know, you look at from one end of the table, you look you're absolutely screwed, you go to the other end of the table and actually there's a massive gap to get to the object ball. Yep. Different angles, different results. But yep. yeah. Uh, but a good a good drive again for Plato who's looked good in two of the three rounds now, hasn't he? Yeah, he was pretty woeful and almost non existent at Snetterton, wasn't he? Yep. So um to get back in the points, three consistent points finishes for him this weekend, along with Lloyd who again impressed um, they're looking solid yet not spectacular at PMR, which is kind of what we expected for them from a car that is probably now the oldest on the grid. Yeah, and of course there'll be an eye you'd have thought on development for next year, particularly as we know Constable is due to be in the sport next year, although whether he will now, they run free cars, don't they? Because at the minute Lloyd is more than justifying his seat, yeah. and Plato will probably never, ever, ever retire. Unless he wants <laughs> to go into team management and then go into the meetings with Neil and just cause trouble. But <laughs> we'll see. Um, just to sum up, or pretty much uh, sum up the title challenges in that race, Turkington did manage to get two points, the only points he got all weekend, finishing 14th. Ingram stayed in 12th, seemed to struggle with the weight on board. Uh, Robottom finished his day in 11th. That's interesting. You think Robottom's a title challenger, do you? <sighs> He's had a good weekend. Um, Sutton was up <laughs> Sutton was up in 8th um, and Cook managed to get past Proctor and finish 5th um, to boost him up to 3rd in the championship overall. Um, uh, there's only two contenders for me. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's nobody else coming close. We'll get on to driver grades nice and quickly, and then on to our driver awards for the weekend. So on to the grades then. These shouldn't take too long. Uh, Colin Turkton is an E. That's his worst weekend since I think Mondello Park in 2008. Um, I, was, I was surprised he got points in the end this this weekend. Yeah. Let's move on. Oliphant, on the other hand. Yeah, this is really well. This is a really good, probably his best performance in the British Touring Car. Yeah. Um, weekend B for him. Stephen Jelly, it's always an instant, isn't there? It's a D. Not really of his making this weekend, I'll grant him, but he's always there in an instant, isn't yeah. he? Uh, Aidan Moffat, a B, do you want to give him an F? <laughs> yeah, but is a B okay? No, he, he has had a really good weekend and he's shown some improvement in the car, which we haven't really seen before. Okay, Sutton, we're going to go for a B. Nothing spectacular, but good points banked. Bordley a D caught up in instance again yep he's damage just, on the car yep just not for me getting what he should be out of that guy he, the jack series should be a lot closer than it is yep uh, Shedden a D mixed bag the first the qualifying and race one excellent rest of the weekend forget it so a D yeah uh, Robottom an A really impressive to have best a weekend in the touring car yeah alright without doubt early pole Easily. pole and a, a podium so early on into his Halford's career um, excellent stuff by him Cook, B, consistent, but 
not spectacular, but just about keeping himself in the title hunt. Just about. Yep. Uh, Edwards of a C, a few too many incidents, but one thing you picked up on quite nicely from Trackside is that when she's following somebody, she's yeah, she sticks to them. Yeah, at two points throughout the weekend, she she was right behind Turkington and she was right behind Shedden. And she was, if not staying level, then losing maybe half attempts a lap. Hmm. It, it they weren't escaping, were they? No, no, certainly not. It's impressive. There's stuff to come from her. There's definitely pace in the car as well, so yes. that's good to see. Uh, Jake Heather B did very well up to his puncture and then did very well to recover in a, at a venue where... Recovery seemed to be limited for everybody else, but Hill did a stellar job to get points from the back of the grid. Yep. Uh, Jackson a D, weekend to forget. Osborne a D, instance, instance, instance. Uh, Neat a D, didn't hear his name mentioned, didn't get involved in anything, probably exactly, what he needed to do. Exactly what he needed to do this weekend, yep. Butcher a C, another weekend of problems with the car. Ingram never had this many problems with the car, did he? No. Interesting. No. Uh, Smell a D, just not really consistently average yeah not really announced himself in the sport yeah no Ingram a B yes a race win bit disappointing in race 3 bit of a poor quality yeah. race 1 was unspectacular but yeah good points back. he needed to kept up with Sutton yeah good points backed uh, Parfit a D too many incidents again quite far off the pace especially that one with Nick yeah struggling a little bit uh, Boutella C improvements all the time getting closer more consistency from him yeah Smiley, a B, his best weekend of the season, best weekend for a long time, really good racing. Yeah, almost sort of like kept it in the top 10 all weekend, I think. Yeah, he did, I think. And yeah, as a, he, he, you know, he um, raced well as well, so yeah, fair play. Hamilton, a D, the only person to be outside the second mark in qualifying, didn't really have the pace all weekend, unlucky in race one, you have to say, um, and then in race three with damage, damage. but yep. he's always in an instant somewhere isn't he yeah uh, Goff a B uh, only the second driver of the season to score in all rounds so far with mm. Sutton really impressive for a brand new car yep. and a podium early on which is good Geddy a D just not there is he and we think possibly possibly could be his last last weekend in a touring car with speculation of Mike Bushell having put up on his Instagram that he's had a phone call from someone um, asking if he wants to drive for the rest of the season and you said that Geddy's just had a, a child, child. Yeah. Uh, obviously not Geddy his partner's had a child but you, you know what thanks we mean. for the clarification yeah, sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll go into that more in the uh, break pod uh, Taylor Smith is C doing a good job at hard getting points yeah. learning the car quite quickly racing well I quite like Aaron Taylor Smith I think he's a good driver in there yep. uh, Chilton and E I mean is he is he even in the championship this year might as well not turn up yeah agreed more going to be Pretty poor opening, starts the weekend, good progress throughout, and then the race wins top it off. Good recovery. Yeah. Really outshining his teammate. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, Plato, a C. Poor quality, but good progress for all three races. Can feel a bit aggrieved not to the podium. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd, a B. Um, Consistently so good. He's a really good racer, isn't he? Yeah. He's a really good race racer. Yep. I, I think he's probably... He wasn't in your top ten, though. No, but I don't. I don't think I've seen enough from him. And Proctor with a C, getting to know the car quite well now. Uh, there's good things to come of him. I think scored good points this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Okay, our driver awards, and then we'll go on to predictions update, and then that will see us home. Yes. Right. So, who was your driver of the weekend? Uh, mine was Robottom, just because of one, you stick it on pole for your first pole position. Um, you then fight with the big boys. Uh, which we haven't seen him do before. Uh, obviously, yes, he's in a, a much more competitive car now, but he he held his head where Shedden didn't this weekend. Yep, a good recovery in race one. Uh, didn't let his head drop. Nope. Got himself back on the podium. Yep, I'd agree. It was unlucky not to be on the podium in race two, really, because he'd done everything perfectly until the yes. move on Robot, yep. uh, to the move on Oliphant. Uh, my drive of the weekend is Oliphant. Good qualifying. Great uh, race win in race one. Um, a little bit unlucky not to have the race win in race two. I think that's the sort of thing. If you're a WSR fan, you cry foul. If you're an Ingram fan, you cry absolutely fine. And if you're in the middle, you go, mm, it's yeah. racing it. instance. Yeah, exactly. He also scored the most points this weekend. Yeah. Often did. Yeah, and he needs to because obviously Turkson didn't. So in terms of the manufacturers and the teams. Yeah, less we talk about the better. 
Well, we'll talk about it in a moment. We've got, <laughs> unfortunately, we're obligated to as it's part of the predictions. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, villain of the weekend. We can both agree on this quite quickly. I think it's Gorn Shen, isn't it? Yes. Um, almost Andy Neat levels of driving at points. Wow, that's a bold claim. It, some of the moves were ridiculous, and, and he needs to calm it down a bit. Surprise good of the weekend for you. Uh, mine was Oliphant. I didn't see a performance like this coming from him. Um, no, I, no, that's fair. And to go out there and dominate race one in the way he did and then carry the weight so well in race two, really impressed. Yep, I, I wouldn't disagree. I've gone for Chris Smiley because his performance kind of came out of nowhere. He's not really been anywhere this season. You know, it's been a fairly... Yeah, it's not been a terrible start to the season, but it's not been an electrifying one either. Three finishes in the top ten is really, really strong for him. Yeah, exactly, and comfortably in the top ten as well. So, you know, I think that's a really good weekend for him. Um, your surprise bad of the weekend, and mine actually, is the same. So It's it's Turkington. Yeah. Uh, when you, you say that you're in a title fight from the start of the season, you want to be up there competing at the end of the season, you need to score more than two points in a weekend. By hook or by crook, sometimes you need to score more points than that. Or you have to have a damn good reason as to why you don't. Yes. A la, I'm thinking of... Getting caught up in incidents or stuff like that. Yeah, I think of Andrew yeah. Jordan at Donington a few years back. But he can't point to that. And you, you know, He can try and point to the Osborne incident. Let's face the facts, he wasn't anywhere near the top 15 at that point anyway. So nope. it doesn't wash with me. Okay, an update then on our uh, predictions. Because there is a change of leader. Going into well, there this, is a leader now. Well, there is a leader. That's a change, isn't it? Yes. Um, so, you scored three points this weekend. So Which, normally, on average, pretty good. Yep. You uh, got Morgan to get the double points of Chilton, which... Fairly lucky with that. Fairly race, lucky. Yeah, race three, really. <laughs> well, actually, no, you say that. I think Morgan had secured that by race uh, two, by finishing 12th. So. No, Chilton was for 13th, wasn't uh, it? So, okay, yeah, yeah, fair play. Yeah, he, he had to... Um, fight on and then Chilton finished outside the points in race three anyway so yep so you're fine there uh, you also had Robottom for the Jack Sears yep as did you and for Harvey Bingo you had a cutback at Druids which happened in race one I believe yep I got Morgan as a race winner jammy jammy to get a reverse Greek pole there just saying I think you'll find in the preview podcast that's why I said he would have it though I said yep. he'd have a reverse grid did I not yep Indeed, I did. Yep. Uh, you for Team Hard. That one was lucky. I'll give you that one. Yeah, you'd forgotten about that I one had over done. the weekend. I had you? done. I had. <laughs> but a really good result for them. Uh, I had Robot and Jack Sears, and I had Harvey to mention the BMWs and the rain not working well together, which happened at the start of race two, which yes. means I've opened up a 10 9 advantage at the top of the leaderboard. Long way to go, of course. I, I think we've done pretty well so far this season on our predictions between us. Do you? Yeah, we, we've had a third each weekend at least. Yeah, but there's um, ten predictions each weekend. We've only had... Uh, yeah, close enough. Yeah, close enough. It's a pass at GCSE. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we, we we really enjoyed the weekend. Yeah. Um, and it was certainly one up on Snetterton, despite it being a little chilly. Uh, racing in the support races was excellent as well, must admit. Yeah, I mean... We'll probably cover this a bit more in the off in the off um, of the break pod, but I think Porsche is probably the most in a really mm. weird twist of fate. Porsche is probably the most exciting. Yep. Support race at the minute, isn't it? Minis is always fun. Yep. And the F4 were really good, but only because of the changing conditions. Um, in a really weird way, the the big Jetters are kind of boring now, aren't they? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if it improves throughout the season. Uh, we are hoping to be at Alton Park next time out. Uh, I think it's, what, four-week break now? Um, not until the end of July, start of August weekend. Um, looking forward to that one. I like Alton as a circuit. and yes. I don't know. I haven't been there for any races before. I've been there for a, a track day for uh, one of my parents. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I've never been there either. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's certainly the most picturesque on oh, the yeah. calendar. Always get good racing at Alton Park. But I can't remember a dull weekend at Alton Park. It's a really good circuit. I hope it's nice and sunny. Uh, Alton Park in the wet is a different animal. I know, but even when it's sunny, it still produces good racing. Oh, that first corner they all went. I know, I know, I know. To be fair, last year it was raining and the carnage it caused. Yeah. With Bordley going straight off on yeah. the format. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I'm already buzzing for it. But we'll, we will be back in the interim, of course, with a preview for Alton. 
Um, but we'll also try and put out a couple of extra pods, including Sam's anti-Moffat brigade podcast. It's not anti-Moffat. It's just we're going to rank the drivers on the grid in in their their raceability, possibly for this season, possibly in the last couple of seasons. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll bring that to you in the meantime. We hope that you had a good weekend if you were at the track, and obviously if you managed to remember to watch it on ITV3. Some of which were complaining about all the adverts, but there we go. Um, and yeah, that that brings this pod to an end, really. Is Moffat better than Dave Pinkney? Yes. I just have to ask the question. Oh God! Right, we'll we'll see you soon and speak to you soon. Bye for now. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 